They come get the ball and get play the ball. There, there he go. is, left corner, off a screen, nailed it! Nailed it! <laughs> He's six for six beyond the arc, seven for seven overall, 46-28. And guess what? He's going to get the next shot, too. Who do we have downstairs? Is that Jonathan Kaminga? Uh, well, it's hard to tell, but I think. Is that you, Jonathan? Yes, sir. How are you? I'm good, good. T- tell me a little bit about tonight. You had some exciting moments tonight. Uh, you know, I had to just come out here and play hard. Uh, I think right on the floor. Just know where I got to be and what time. So I think that helped me to just get the easy back in. How important is it for you? And there, you know, there's so much to learn about this game. But what, how important is it for you to try to pick up something, try to work on something each and every day? It is super important. Uh, as you know, with the coach we got, with the team we got, you can't get on the floor if you don't pick up every little detail. It's all about detail. So, you know, I've been working. I've been working on it since the beginning of the season, and now I'm trying to get – I'm getting it better each and every day. So that's why I'm just trying to come out here and just execute every time. What are the – what are the one or two things, Jonathan, that you try to concentrate on every single game? Like, whatever else happens, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, just coming out here, playing defense, uh, making sure you know where you got to be. Uh, that's pretty much it. What's the biggest challenge for you, Ben, so far defensively? Defensively, just coming out here and trying to guard all the best players. Uh, yep. Trying to stay in front of them and not foul and not reach. You know, I got six fouls today, and that's just a, that's just a lesson that I got to learn. The next time, I'm going to come out here and just do better. That's okay. Fill up the stat sheet. Uh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got to ask, before we let you go, one more. I got to ask you about the win over San Antonio. How much fun was that for you guys to go down there, come back from a, a you know 15-point deficit to start the quarter and, and win that one on the road? It was super fun, actually. Uh, you know, we didn't have all the players we needed, but, you know, we, everybody that we had, everybody contributed to the win, and we played hard and just, it was a good one. Uh, it was really a good one. Uh, we came back on the plane having fun because it was really a good one, and we needed that one. 18 points, 7 rebounds in 26 minutes of play. Job well done tonight, Jonathan. And the, if you keep working that hard, the sky is the limit for you. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. All right. Jonathan yes, Kamiga. Thank you. Our guests. Yes, Warriors with a win, and they showed us everything in their toolbox a little bit tonight in, in terms of their explosiveness. Clay Thompson was Clay. Another big game for Clay against Sacramento. He had 23 points, 8 of 11, 7 of 9 shooting with 5 rebounds and 7 assists, which is one shy of his career high. Curry had 20 with 7 assists tonight. And 18 off the bench for our postgame guest, Jonathan Kaminga. Lee with 14. Poole added 12. 12 for Wiggins, 10 for Looney. But again, they, they didn't have the most intense game after the 26-point lead, but there were flurries, little flurries of of intensity and defensive stops turning into offensive buckets. I mean, just, you know, I, again, they look like the Warriors tonight. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Kings did shoot almost 53%, so yeah. it wasn't like they were locking them down uh, defensively, but they just kind of kept the foot on the accelerator, and then every once in a while they'd let off and then mash it down again if they – if they had to, I mean, Clay and Steph had 43 points on 22 shots combined. That's efficient. That's efficient <laughs> wow. basketball. I know Steph would probably, you know, we're used to seeing Steph get more than 20 points, but guarantee you Steph will take 20 on 11 shots any day. That's another game now where he's 7 for 11, 4 for 7. So I think now, now 
Tim Roy. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to say the slump's over. Yeah. Because he's put three out, three out of four good games together. He had that one clunker in the middle and then followed it up with two good ones. Houston was a, a really good shooting performance in tonight as well. So not to say he's not going to have them occasionally here and there, but I don't think we're going to see a string of them. The shot looks good. Yeah, the la- last four games, just to interrupt real quick, yep. uh, 20 for 41 from three. Yep. So, so he, 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 he's he got it back dialed in again, and it was just something he had to figure out. He did figure it out as we figured he would. And now he, I think he's a lot more selective now, too. He's not just firing up stuff. And maybe it's because Clay's back. He figures, you know, he has somebody, uh, a running mate, that can go out there and do a lot of the stuff, take some of the shots that he would be taking anyway. But, you know, Steph started shooting good. The team started shooting good. They're shooting better from three now, which is good to see. But, yeah, tonight was just they outclassed them. They were just a, they're just a better team than the Kings playing at home. So, By the way, Clay Thompson, that 2011 draft, the Kings took Jimmer Fredette right in front of him. Other names uh, that were taken ahead of him were, remember Jan Vesely? I do. I do. Bismack Biombo. Oh, yes. Playing for the Suns now. Ennis yeah. Freedom. Oh, you mean Ennis Cantor? Yes. Yeah, Ennis Freedom now. Ennis Freedom. So, anyway, just. Ennis, to- don't be a freedom. Oh, no, that song sucked. <laughs> that would be, that'd be a terrible song. It would be a horrible yeah, song. Yeah, it doesn't even go together. It just says it's awful. Probably wouldn't so. translate too well to Turkish either. Pre- but, yeah. but you always wonder this. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> if, because I contend, and I said this today, we were talking about Wiggins, that Wiggins found a spot where he could be the best he could be. He could unlock all the all his potential because he's here and not with Minnesota. So my contention was that anybody that comes here is going to be better than being somewhere else. That's not necessarily true. There are some good teams out there that it may be even but there's half the teams in the league that if you just come here and play in this system with these players you'll be better you'll be the better version of yourself so you wonder in an alternate universe would clay be clay if he played for the kings and would somebody else who got drafted before clay be either a out of the league or be not as good if they played for the warriors i mean it just it it, this whole thing has been so good for so many uh players and again, a lot of it is Clay and Steph. That's why they're this good. So I it just the whole drafting thing, really where you get into it is with quarterbacks. How would this quarterback have been with that team and that coach and, right. and all that kind of stuff? But it does translate a little bit to other uh other sports. And well, it just happened to be a perfect confluence of, you know, Steph being here, then Clay, and then it just kinda of built on itself and getting bogged in here, all the pieces that we've talked about before. And it is what it is now. You look at it now. Who wouldn't want to play here? Absolutely, absolutely. The way the way this organization is run, top down, from you know Joe Lake and Peter Goober on to the to the players, to the staff. It's it's a it's the perfect storm right now in the NBA. And you know there there's there's also I think I think Steve Kerr is really good, one of the best I think, at visualizing what a player can do and and incorporating that into this. Warriors, you know, machine, if you will. Uh, case in point, JaVale McGee arrived with the Warriors. His career was, I don't want to say it was a punchline, but a lot of people knew him just from Shaq the Fool. They yep. didn't know what kind of player he is. What happened? Steve goes, okay, we can plug him in. We can throw some lobs for him. We can get him out here. He can block a couple shots for us. We'll play him in short burst, you know, and then we'll get him off the floor. And and what did that do? It, it gave JaVale McGee a second 
a second act in his NBA career. And Steve has a lot of results, and the coaching staff have a, have a great deal to do with that. Same with, like, this year, Nemanja Bielitsa. Talking to people who covered him in Minnesota and Sacramento, they said we, we were aware he could do these things, but he wasn't allowed to do these things, like ball handle and pass yeah. and do those things. They wanted him just to be a shooter. And so, um, you know, I think the, the staff should get some credit for that. They do a nice job with that. Absolutely. And, look, the team was good enough around him that that's all they needed him to do. Right. So just do this, and, and we'll be good. And, and to his credit, he bought into it and said, okay, yeah, I, I, even if you think you can do more, you're just like, well, you know what, the career hasn't been going as good as I'd hoped, and I'll just stick to the plan here and do what they, they asked me to do, and they did, and it worked out well for them, and it certainly worked out well for him. And, again, if you're another player on the leg, you're looking at, well, man, if I go there, maybe I can't stay, but maybe my image will be uh, refurbished, and maybe people will look at me different when I go to that organization and play. I really believe that. You look at Wiggins making his first all-star team. Yeah. No one would have guessed that when he was in Minnesota. He wasn't a good defensive player. They asked him to do too much. It was a lot of ISO. It wasn't this. It just everything was different, and he was a good player. It was just he was a good player trapped under, like, four feet of ice. And you had to dig him out and get him out of there. And the Warriors were do that. Zach Levine. He's also an all-star. Same team, same situation. Zach Levine. So. Absolutely. And let's make one thing clear. I mean, Steve's a good coach, not great, because good coaches win. Great coaches cover. <laughs> and they didn't. So there so, you go. So let me summarize before all that, before yeah. the dig at your former, <laughs> former teammate there. Uh, you were just saying, do your job. Do your job. Do your job. Yeah, no days off. On to Oklahoma City. No days off. <laughs> hey, no days off. I didn't ask. I forgot to ask you. Um, what did you think of the Washington Commanders? Not a lot. No. Not a lot. Seems like they borrowed a nickname from the USFL. And that just, yeah. it's a bad. There's much better nicknames than you. The, the Invaders would have been better. You yes. Know, like, they had, they had so, so many uh, different options. And, oh. and, and I, so I said yesterday, I said, look, when in doubt, just go with an animal. Just go with something that's indigenous to the area. I looked that up. Lobbyist. Not great options. <laughs> not great. Unless you want to be the Washington possums. Oh. That's probably not going to work. The, the mice, not really all that intimidating. They, they don't really have a great selection of animals around that no. area. No. Um, you want to hear what one of my thoughts was? What? I, so I heard commanders. I thought, oh, they should have been the Commodores. You know, they could say, hey, come on to the brick. House. <laughs> Got the uh, fight song built in right, right away. Jeez. I'm thinking no. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, man. That would have been great. I, I, yeah, I have no idea. The best animal that could come up with bats. Bats are indigenous there. I don't know what you do with it, but, but bats. Uh, so, yeah, they, they didn't get that. Somebody was going, well, what about the... The, the, the congressman, I go, yeah, people love congressmen. How about that, diplomats go, or senators well. or something like that? So. Uh, how about uh, take a word the NBA is adopted? The governors. Yeah. The Washington governors. Could have went with the pigskins. The, yeah, so. the what? Pigskins. You know how the football used to be called the pigskin, remember? Oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah, you could do that. Yeah. No. no. Okay. No. So not pigskins. <laughs> Although somebody did mention hogs. Yeah, because oh, the Hawks yeah, were the offensive oh, yeah. line, so that would have been That's like right. a little bit of that. a, you know, hearkening back to the good old days with Riggins. Warm and up that diesel. And, and all, all those guys. <laughs> but, man, you just don't want to blow it, and they blew it. Oh. They just they just blew it. 
I mean, they should have just stuck with the Washington football team. They should have yeah. stuck with that. I mean, nobody knows. It doesn't you, roll off the tongue. Look though. at the no, it doesn't. But you look at the Premier League soccer. Nobody knows the nicknames of those teams. The Whitecaps. Yeah, nobody knows. <laughs> Maybe you do. The Portland. <laughs> oh. But yeah, I wasn't. Uh, nah, I mean, look. Let me put it this way: It'll be a lot cooler if they win. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Be a lot cooler if you did. Uh, <laughs> Are you what, guys courting vacation again? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was uh, that was days and confused, wasn't oh, it? Yeah, okay, that was days and confused. Okay. Be a lot cooler if they did. It's a really it, it's a really <laughs> eye opening thing to to figure out what genre of films RC really likes. <laughs> well, I know two that he likes. What he likes days and confused and vacation. Yeah, that's for sure. I could see our our RC with the RV. You know, <laughs> the RV. I went RVing. Did you? Yeah, it's a little. Uh, I liked it, but it's a little stressful. You're driving the RV. You're never. You can't be off. Oh, oh. you think it's like yeah. super relaxing? It's like <laughs> no, you're like on the whole time. Like so, I didn't. I didn't love that. Like my dad made it look super easy. Uh, real quick, I know RC's going to wrap us up here, but I'll give you a quick little RV story with my dad. Okay, we went up to Albion, which is kind of right. off the coast of uh, you know. I'd go to Cloverdale. Uh, uh, Mm-hmm. And take a left. <laughs> you just run into Albion, basically. Uh, it's about, eh, I don't know, uh, two hours away. So it was me, my dad, uh, my buddy Craig Bergman, who played with oh, yeah. in Arizona. Oh, yeah. And then Lute. And Lute was, Lute was coming up with us because he loved to go fishing. So we'd go up there. It was me and Craig and McMillan and, and Bennett Davidson, who I played with, and, and Lute and his wife. And he did nothing more that he loved to get out on the ocean and, and fish. So we're going up there. And my dad and Bergie were sitting in the front seats, my dad driving. And then I was sitting on the couch. And Lute was sitting in a like a, a lounger, like a barca lounger, like a lazy boy that my yeah. dad had there in the in the RV. But it wasn't bolted down. It was just kind of free-floating there. Wow. So Lute uh, sat in it, and my dad... Because he's, you know, used to driving the motorhome and everything. It's pretty windy going out to the coast. Let's just say this. He was taking a little too fast. So he went around one turn and almost dumped Luke out of the chair. If I didn't notice, I had to reach over and can push him back up. Luke would have been all over our floor, and I had to tell my dad, Dad, can we try to keep Luke in the uh, in the seat? I'd rather not pick him up. Uh, he goes, oh, yeah, my bad. I'll slow down a little bit. <laughs> And that was my RV story with my dad. Yeah, there I've, you go. I've seen the, they've got these mini ones that Mercedes makes now. They're really oh, cool. Oh, Sprinters. Yeah. Sprinters and are really cool. And they turn them into the, the like the, a little Winnebago. Little bubble top yeah. van almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are really cool. Those you are could, really cool. You could put a king-size bed in the back of those. Wow. Yeah, king-size wow, bed wow, and a decent wow. TV. And it's good because you can run those around town, too. Oh, yeah. See, I wouldn't, want to, I wouldn't want to drive the big ones. I would be. That's that's not a good idea. Yeah, the one I yeah. drove, I think that we rented it was thirty feet. <laughs> oh yeah, I was I was a little nervous. So when you shift gears, it's like the like the thing on the boat. Oh no, there's no gear shifting. It, it, it's on. I wouldn't have done that. There, there's no there's guys way. in the boiler room down below <laughs> shoveling coal. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have done that. Oh, but it was it was it, once you got on the highway, it wasn't terrible. But in the city, oh. Just being around oh, everybody oh, and they oh. just make sure you take all the wide turns. And then it was a little hairy driving to the mountains when the lanes get a little narrow. Yeah. And you're like, am I going, am I any, am I over the edge here? Or how, <laughs> how's that tire? How's that outside tire? How we, 
How we doing? And so, oh. and then when you're heading down the slope, when it smells like your brakes are burning, that's not fun either. Oh. I was like, what happens here if we, uh, I go, well, I'm going to run it right to the side of the mountain here yeah. and just kind of hope for the best. Yeah. You keep track of the runoff areas. Oh, yeah, you know? Absolutely like, yeah, you so. do. Absolutely. So. Oh, there's, there's nothing worse when you're like, you're going downhill, like say Tahoe or someplace and, and. And you see that truck barreling down behind you, and you wonder, I wonder if he has his brakes. <laughs> He'd shine his lights, wouldn't he? If yeah. he was like, yeah. I think he would. I, th- yeah. I, I think he would. Oh, so, man. good win tonight, though. Yeah, it was. It was a good win. Really good win tonight, and you can kind of see it starting to round into form a little bit. And they don't even have Draymond. Yeah, I know. And so, know. that is another. It's amazing how deep this team is. It really is. And. They've built this team. You know, you started noticing it in baseball a little bit, where teams are building a like a 26-man roster and trying to use all parts of it instead of just like an 18-man roster or 20-man roster and then the six kind of sit on the bench and kind of languish. Baseball teams are starting to do that a lot now. The Giants did it uh, this year. I'm starting to notice, and maybe uh, it's because I see it all the time with the Warriors, this isn't a three-man roster or a five-man roster. It really is a 12-man roster. Right. They use everybody, and it, it, it helps so much. Steve firmly believes. That's one thing I know Steve believes in because he was a role player. He wants everyone to feel like they're an integral part of the team, whether it's for eight minutes or 38 minutes. He wants them to feel like they they matter. What they bring to the table is needed uh, for this basketball team. How do you do that? You play them. You don't let guys languish on the bench for two weeks and not play. You, do, you don't do that. You let them play. Now, you have to have guys that can play, and that's where Bob comes in. I mean, Bob's done a heck of a job getting these guys uh, that can play. And I know it's a headache not, sometimes. Not yeah, go just, ahead. Not just that, but guys who play well with Steph, with Clay, with Draymond. Yeah. They found guys that, that are willing to play with them, like Gary Payton, yes. Juan Toscano Anderson, yep. uh supporter. Those guys, I think, are so crucial. Yeah, and they found they have a type, and they know what that type is. They want somebody that's athletic, somebody has a long wingspan, somebody can guard multiple positions on the perimeter, and someone that can, you know, a K, shoot a three occasionally. And even a guy like Juan Toscano Anderson, who's not a great shooter, he can occasionally hit a three. So can Gary Payton. He can occasionally hit a three. So it's just really neat to see a team that's 12 12 deep, and they use all their parts. And some games you won't play, some games he won't play. Maybe you play, maybe it's two games. But that's about the most is two games you will will sit, and that's a little bit of a rarity too. But it just makes everyone appreciate everything. It makes you feel like, hey, it's it's like their offense, right? He like he believes in the egalitarian offense where everyone touches the ball, everyone's involved, one guy's not going to dominate it, and everyone feels like, "Hey, I'm part of this, whether I'm setting the screen or making the pass, I'm part of this." And I think there's an empowering aspect to that. And I know because I've talked to Steve about this, 
that's how he feels because he's a role player. And, you know, sometimes it's no fun just to stand on the weak side and watch three guys dribble and play and do ISO and stuff like that. It's much more fun when it is a true triangle. They don't run that here, but he ran it in Chicago, a true triangle where everyone's touching the ball. And, again, all you got to do is touch it and pass it and cut through, and you feel like you're a part of it. Exactly. Instead of just standing there and watching everybody else do the work. So that that's really his true true gift. I mean, he's a people person and he understands the team as well and communicates with them. That's another great strength he has. But that type of offense, making everyone feel included, is really what uh, what the secret sauce is, I think. And the other part about that, too, just to close off on that, is that as you get closer to bigger games, or games where the matchups are, are a little funky, he's very good at pulling guys aside and say, look, there's a chance you're not going to play tonight. Yep. You know, so be ready for that. Or or I may call upon you early tonight because of the matchup. He's really good at that. And and I think that that it, it doesn't let someone say, well, why am I not getting it? Yeah. They know why. And so... Well, communication is so huge. Yeah. Gives you an idea of what to expect. You're not sitting there wondering, you know, okay, when am I coming in? Am I coming in? Is he coming in? Oh, he went in, so I'm probably not going in. All that stuff. The communication is is so key. And, look, these are big boys. They can handle it just as long as you're honest with them. They they, they appreciate that. Now, look, if he wasn't winning, then I, you know what, who knows if it would work because they'd be saying, well, you should play me more because we're not. But when you're winning, that takes care of a lot of things. I have to be honest with you, RC's about to kill us. Is he really? Yeah, he's about to So, damn, sorry. He's steaming. Dang. All right, Ben. Uh, we will. Uh... He's steaming? Let <laughs> me crack an egg, put it on his head, and see what happens. So I'll see you in a week. A week? Yeah, we're right. kind of sporadic here, aren't we? We're yeah. just kind of like hit and miss over the next few a few weeks. Yep, the Knicks are in town. Yep. Back end of a back to back. We'll be at Utah and then home for New York. So you got Knicks and Lakers next week. We'll see you then. Looking forward to it. <clears throat> yeah, it'll be fun. All right, Tim. All right, Ben. That's Tom Tolbert. I'm Tim Roy.